Elizabeth II, Elizabeth Alexandra Mary, was Queen of the United Kingdom and other Commonwealth realms from the 6th of February 1952 until her death on the 8th of September 2022. She was Queen Regnant of 32 sovereign states during her lifetime and 15 at the time of her death. Her reign of 70 years and 214 days is the longest of any British monarch and the longest recorded of any female head of state in history. Elizabeth was born in Mayfair, London as the first child of the Duke and Duchess of York. Her father acceded to the throne in 1936 upon the abdication of his brother King Edward VIII, making Elizabeth the heir presumptive. She was educated privately at home and began to undertake public duties during the Second World War, serving in the Auxiliary Territorial Service. In November 1947, she married Philip Mountbatten, a former Prince of Greece and Denmark, and their marriage lasted 73 years until his death in April 2021. They had four children, Charles, Anne, Andrew, and Edward. When her father died in February 1952, Elizabeth, then 25 years old, became queen of seven independent Commonwealth countries, the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, and Ceylon, known today as Sri Lanka, as well as head of the Commonwealth. Elizabeth reigned as a constitutional monarch through major political changes, such as the Troubles in Northern Ireland, devolution in the United Kingdom, the decolonization of Africa, and the United Kingdom's accession to the European communities, and eventual withdrawal from the European Union. Significant events include Elizabeth's coronation in 1953 and the celebrations of her silver, golden, diamond and platinum jubilee. Support for the monarchy in the United Kingdom has remained consistently high, as did her personal popularity. Elizabeth died aged 96 at Balmoral Castle in 2022 and was succeeded by her eldest son, Charles III. Gentlemen, your thoughts. The Raven, go ahead. Well, I was actually in London yesterday. It was a very subdued atmosphere, actually. And what's come home to me more than anything else is the fact that a very large personality that represented this country globally in a very positive way is no longer here with us. And also the fact that so much of our lives now that we've seen embodied by that logo ER will now change. And it's made me think really in terms of what is Britishness and things like that. And as you know, we have all been talking about various things that this country 
has been renowned for for many, many decades, such as the traditional values, our culture, history, and heritage, lots of things like that, which has been embodied by lots of different things. And one of the things that's being talked about right now is the pageantry which is currently taking place. And oh, it's absolutely perfect. Absolutely. There is, there is nowhere in the world that competes with the execution of the pageantry in this country. No, It's immaculate. The whole thing now, to me, has been embodied what we are as a country. And, you know, there's some people out there with, I'm not really going to give them airtime or mention them, but they're, they're coming out with not good stuff, shall we say. And I think it's quite a disgrace. So we're going to stay on the positive, in my view, which is the fact that now we will see a continuance of what our heritage has always been about. But one final point, which is a very quick point, that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, in my view, conducted herself extremely well with vigour and dignity throughout. And that is something that everybody should aspire to, which is actually missing quite often in our country. Can we go over to Trevor, who is on his way back from Greece, as it were, and we are conducting this podcast with him, and he is actually at the airport. Go ahead, Trevor, your thoughts. Yeah, so let me just first of all apologise if you get any bing bongs for our listeners. Yeah, my thoughts basically is, you know, I've been here for the last four weeks in Greece, and it's been covered slightly on the TV, but I haven't seen much, but obviously it's a very, very emotional time for a lot of people. And obviously I'll be catching up as soon as I get home, which will be sometime tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, basically. I mean, I haven't seen too much of it. And Trevor, I hope you won't mind me saying this, but you're coming home to a very sad event yourself. Yes, I am. Yes. Um, There's two ways of looking at it, actually. Um, the fact that, obviously, I've been here for so long that uh, I don't know whether the listeners will know, maybe it's a private issue, that people have passed away whilst I'm away, so I'll be attending the funeral tomorrow, so that's a plus, anyway, that I can I can actually attend. Brilliant. So it's going to be a very, very long night tonight, but thank you for mentioning that, Jonathan. Okay. And um, we'll go across to Mark now, and Mark, your thoughts? Thanks, yeah. I think Steve did a good job, but I just can't believe it's been a week. It's been a it's been sad and sombre occasion, hasn't it? And I don't think in my lifetime I've ever seen such an event of people coming together, such a collective outpouring of grief. It's been different. I mean, there was Diana, wasn't there, many years ago? But and I'm just quite surprised about the support that's come from across the globe, actually. Yeah. And this is this, this is bigger than I thought. I like Steve says. I'm not surprised that some of these divvies have been raising their heads and. You're saying some horrible things. It's the usual race basis, isn't it? Who, let's face it, wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for this inventing racism. But I don't think we should give them any airtime, to be honest. Well, the word divvy comes from diva. Well, John, I could probably call them a lot worse. I'm going to be honest, I've been critical of the Queen, haven't I? On yes, some, on, on some, some of the points. And a, a lot of other people have. Masses, but I don't think this is the time for... Some of it's been horrible, I just... I don't want to know. I could go through it, but I don't want to give them the airtime, like Steve said, to be honest. I think Fair I'll keep this positive, yeah. Well, uh, it, it, I mean, just look at the queues today. Westminster Hall. They're looking at 35-hour wait. That's, that's I know, to actually go through. Did you yeah. see how many of the people 
were lining the streets in Scotland. Yeah, that's another surprise. Steve, just been, I think it's just been amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to make two very quick points. Actually, I was in London yesterday, and the the sort of tributes that people were placing everywhere were tremendous. I took a photograph of one which was in a a, a business. Uh, premises. It was in a, a, a window. They had a, a, a massive framed picture of the Queen. Four, I think it was four Union Jacks and a big flower display, and it looked absolutely tremendous. And you, you saw these things all over the place. But I've got to be honest, I'm going to say something now, actually. One of the biggest things that has come out of all of this to me, there's been lots of them, but a, a small point in a way, but it's quite significant for me. I was talking to a lady actually today at a place in Cheshire where I was working. And this lady's from Poland. She moved here and she came here when she knew that this country would be safe because of leaving the European Union and because she said the European Union was a very dangerous organisation. And she felt and now feels more safe in our country. And her words of appreciation for the Queen and what she did and what she represented and our country and its history was incredible. It really was. You know, so I've seen lots of support across the board uh, for, for the Queen and this country and recognising that as the United Kingdom, this is a great place. There's lots of things going on, but we cover that on a, a in a separate sort of uh, time frame. I don't think the time is right for, for that tonight, but um, I've seen so many things about the Queen and the Royal Family, and we're seeing lots of things. We're seeing a lot of things demonstrated about what really is good about this country right now. Well, there's going to be some massive changes, and the first of first change I want to mention is that the Metropolitan Police's 34,000 officers could have to re-pledge allegiance to King Charles under plans considered by the new commissioner, Sir Mark Rowley, who says he found it very powerful when he did it this week, and I suggest that he did it himself, because they, they have to actually pledge themselves to the new king, now, it's not just the police officers. Remember now that in the legal profession, they're known as Queen's Counsel. Now they will have to become King's Counsel to King Charles III. But going back to the police, Scotland Yard's new commissioner is consulting officers over a proposal to make every constable swear allegiance to King Charles III, which I think is actually the right thing to do. Because under UK law, all serving police officers must take the oath in which they swear to truly serve the monarch with fairness, integrity, diligence and impartiality. Now I know our man's stats may have a problem with the description of fairness, <laughs> little, integrity, we can discuss that another di- day. <laughs> diligence yeah, and impartiality. Yeah. But at the moment, there's no requirement for existing officers who swore allegiance to the Queen to retake the oath 
because in actual fact it's supposed to pass to the heir in the event of death so the queen is dead long live the king in that respect also got politicians as well and everything well that's the other thing that i was going to question because you know it's going to happen in the legal profession because yeah, yeah. they're going to have to become king's counsel not queen's counsel now all of that change has associated cost and there is no doubt about it and who is actually going to be burdened with that cost i don't hear well, very many people talking there who's going to be well, burdened with the cost but, yeah, it's going to come from the public. Well, the, the, the question is, does it have to involve huge cost? Some cost. I don't imagine this is going to cost absolute sort of uh, stupendous amounts of money. This is uh, a realigning of existing constitutions. So this shouldn't be a massive problem in any... any uh, uh, well, it can't be. Yeah. It, it cannot be Her Majesty's... Customs and revenue anymore. And no, it I, is also. The, from. Yeah. 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 And we're also going to have to change the currency. So it's going to have to move across to an image of Charles on all the coinage and all of the banknotes. Yeah. These are all natural progressions and uh, diversions of our, our system, which is already in place anyway. This isn't sort of going to involve uh, massive logistical problems and associated No, it's not costs. massive logistically, but there is a cost associated with them. And my point is, who is going to be associated with that cost? Let me go across to stats. Go ahead. We will. We always are, aren't we? I just want to go back to the legal thing just for one second, because the, the, the monarch with the Queen and Charles, whether they realise it or not, they perform a necessary legal function simply by existing, don't they? Correct. The crown, the crown has to sanction all legislation in Parliament. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of changes, and they need, and they need to happen. But it's going to be gradual, isn't it? With some of the stuff like the money and and possibly uniforms and things. But it does have to be done. And I think yeah. Yeah, I should, don't really see a problem with both. all of this as long yeah. as the constitutional protections are still there for the people. I think that's more important. Yeah, I think constitution is a bit of a debated subject, isn't it, really? Yeah, but, uh, it is. It is. It will be nice to see them take oaths, and it will be nice to see them actually uphold them for a change. But we'll, again, that's up to the people who run the police and, well, and the parliament, really. But there no, is... no, I disagree, Mark. It's actually up to the people. The, the, the people are sovereign, and they are the biggest contingent. Yeah, well, so well, much, it, so much sovereign people. Like, you know how much? Say, how yeah. much say have the people really had? If you want to go to the to the end line, it is actually the king now who has the responsibility. Because if you read the Bill of Rights, if you've got a grievance, that's the ultimate person, the top person you can go to. But well, that's removed, it's supposed to be that, that way. Now, I agree with you. Yeah, but they've removed themselves from the responsibility, so it leaves a bit of a, a mucky ground. But someone's got to take responsibility and make sure these people uphold these oaths. Well, another thing is uh, to say that... Um, there is left-wing Republican fury in Spain as ex-king Juan Carlos decides to attend service for the Queen. Now, this guy has I been accused of... I thought you were going to say he was making a claim for the throne then. <laughs> no, he's been... <laughs> there could be many, many claims for the throne from that point of view. But um, this chap is accused of some pretty, pretty naughty actions financially. 
and he's still been invited to the funeral. Does anybody make about that? Well, there's going to be lots and lots of uh, heads of state there, isn't it? Obviously, yeah. the pure nature of it. And do, uh, do you remember the man who climbed into the Queen's bedroom in 1982? Yeah, oh, yeah Michael yeah, yeah, Fagan. Yeah. He's now That's 74. And he yeah. says he's lit a candle for the late monarch and is saddened by her death. Now, she was a pretty cool cookie because he broke into the Queen's bedroom. I mean, how he got in past any kind of security, I don't know. Okay? Yeah, but apparently he did it a few times, didn't he? You know, the Queen thought he was, you know, he was just a drunk member of the palace staff. <laughs> She got out of bed and said she would leave the room to get somebody, sending for a footman who gave Fagan whiskey until the police arrived. (laughs) You know, so... Best best breaking ever. You know, what what, what a slick-thinking woman would do that. Oh, John, maybe she was just trying to get him drunk so he couldn't escape quickly. (laughs) Clever. (laughs) I, I have to say that when I watched... You know, the procession. Uh, there was a very, very great silence over everything. Everybody was just like quiet. And how often do you actually see that kind of solemn silence in public Well, when they see the, the procession? Is, yeah, the thing is now, it, it's a very reflective time because a sizable time frame of our history has suddenly come to an end. Yeah, anticipated, no doubt, because of age. But nonetheless, the reality for millions and millions of people is that the image of the Queen, everything she represented, and lots of other things, is suddenly no longer. And yeah. you know, I have to say, it's it's uh, it will be a very contemplating time for people on Monday. I'm actually glad a lot of people are having their day off, being able to do to do that, take the day off, courtesy of uh, working situations, and a lot of people will be at home. I I think it will be a very historic day for lots of reasons, obviously, but for me, and I come back to the main points, which I think uh, epitomises the Queen, which is how she conducted herself. Now, we've spoken many times about lots of different people in public life and how our society works, or perhaps operates rather than works, because it doesn't always work, shall we say. And one of the things that we're talking about here that's come up in conversation is our constitution and lots of other things like that, and oaths, and people sticking to their word and supporting good people. Yeah. Now, that is something that needs to be addressed in this country. I just want to make a very quick point, Jonathan May, which is this. I digress slightly, but it's relevant. The Queen epitomised everything which is good in terms of attitude, thinking... Diplomacy. Diplomacy and correct conduct. Correct conduct. Now, we are seeing, have done for a while, things being reversed in this country. And I won't go into detail, but I am going to express this here tonight. I'm not particularly happy with certain people who are expressing and conducting not good attitude 
to one of us on this podcast, mm-hmm. namely yourself. Yeah. And I'm going to say this now because I'm going to say this for a reason. You are known as a man who keeps his word, does the right thing, and tells the truth. Yeah. And I'm not particularly happy that some people are having a go and trying to personify, namely at this point, you in the wrong light when you are simply doing the right thing for the right reasons and expressing truth. Now, I mention that because, again, I point out that the Queen lived her life as an example to all to conduct yourself in life with dignity and truthfulness. Yeah. So when I come across people, whoever it is, whether I know them or not, who are being vilified because their character incorrectly is being brought into question, that's not what the Queen was about. No. She took a, she took a wider view. She also took a great interest in the politics of this country. And yes. she was always available to prime ministers because everybody knows that the Queen has a meeting with the prime minister most weeks. And she always stood back and advised them, I would say from a truthful point of view, I don't think she held back from them at all. But I can understand, you know, the points that you're making, Steve, you know, about that. And there will probably be more in the future about those things. I'm going to introduce another question, and I'm going to ask Trevor his comment on this. Trevor, will Prince Harry now seize the opportunity for reconciliation his brother and father have given to him publicly? And is there a chance for this most tragic of rifts in the family to be healed, Trevor? No, I don't think so. No, unfortunately, I don't think so. Would you I mean, think? as you know, I mean, I've listened to Steve there because I, I know I, I understand his views and that um, about the Queen, which is true. Everything he said is true, but unfortunately, the rest of them don't follow suit, do they? Right. You know, the regards of Andrew, Charles, in some cases, unfortunately, they don't follow the, the, the top example that she's shown. And I think Harry was aware of that, or he's certainly aware of something we're not aware of. Yeah. And I, and I, I cannot see that rift. It, it will do me initially, of course it will, for, the, for, this, for this time being. But for this I time really being, can't yeah. see that. Yeah, you know, obviously for, for, for reasons uh, you don't need to mention, but um, I can't see it being healed, no, personally. Okay. Well, he's it, it, going to release a book into uh, a tell all book, but which is obviously put back. Yeah. Until the relevant time. So. You know, we'll have to see what that says. Well, I, I've been watching everything that's going on. I've been watching the facial reactions of all the royal members. And yeah. there, there is a lot of genuine grief there. And I think the main problem in all of this is, for them anyway, is Megan. Now, yes. it could be that she's making honest observation and there could be lots of things that we're not aware of and that she said. So we could be, you know, 
I can see within the mainstream press that there are character assassinations of Megan going on left, right, and center. But if somebody has an opinion about something and they voice it and they have a sufficient platform and Harry is not actually refuting it, then what is that saying? About the book. Yeah, Trevor mentioned the book. Well, the word is, is that the uh, publishers said, let's hold back a bit. And apparently Harry said, nope. Okay. Get that book out. That's not good, is it, a time like this? If that's true. But I agree with Trevor. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be fixed. If if this comes out, he's, he's ruined all chance of that. I agree with Trevor, I don't think. I think Megan's the problem. I think maybe if she wasn't in the picture, possibly, but. Yeah, that's what I tend to think as well, yeah. Well, and what do you think? Do you think that this is going to be the year of forgiveness for Andrew? No, he got no, too far. I, I think no. what's going to happen is he's just going to be sidelined into the background. Okay. He's not going to be given a public platform at all, in my view. He's simply being um, facilitated at the moment to grieve for his mother. Um, and that's all I'm seeing taking place. I don't see him undertaking any public role going forward. Well, I have to say that I know that we are all sorry for the death of the Queen, and I know that we are all royalists in one way or another. So to end this programme, I would just like to say... We thank you, ma'am, for your service. We thank you for what you did for the country. And we will say goodbye. Goodbye to you. Say goodbye, Steve. Thank you very much, Queen Elizabeth, for everything that you did. Mark? Yeah, I'll say goodbye. Farewell. Trevor? Yeah, goodbye and thank you. Yeah. There you go. And we'll call it there.